Hello and welcome to La Pausa Pod. It's the first podcast of 2024. New year, same old us, myself and Jamie here. And in the, given the fact that there is no games at the moment, we've got the Spanish Super Cup coming up and we had a round of games after Christmas and then a Copa del Rey, we decided we were going to take a look at the our midway teams of the season, our best 11 through 18 slash 19 games of the season and yeah we had fun putting this one together and i hope you have fun you have fun listening to to us talking about our best 11 there was a lot of overlap with with the players that we discussed but there's plenty of variety in there too jamie did you have fun picking your 11 um i, I did yeah it was it was agonizing at the same time as well especially midfield trying to pick three midfielders from from what we've seen so far give me a bit of a headache but yeah now's our chance to explain ourselves yeah in one way i was looking at it and i was thinking in some positions you're, you're looking at potential you're looking at age you're looking at all these things but in reality you're not actually doing that and um, you're just picking the best 11 from the first half of the season in and but but then you get caught up because some players are just so exciting and you're so excited about them and what they're going to eventually be able to do and what they have done that you just put them in place. And uh, there's one player in particular who I picked based off that I'm really excited about. And yeah, I was, I was actually going through the, I listened to, I don't know if, if our listeners listen to any Spanish content, but uh, Miguel Quintana on Radio Marca, they had their um, uh, Once Ideal, their Ideal 11, and I just I just listened to it this morning just to see because sometimes you're you're worried putting this together where you're like, oh, am I completely off the mark here? Have I just seen him? Have I watched him five games and he's been excellent in those five games and the other twelve he's been or eight, thirteen he's been terrible. So you just kind of like to get a feel for what's happening, and um, because obviously we haven't watched every single game that has happened in well maybe Jamie has but or he's probably <laughs> up around ninety six or seven percent. But it's hard to watch every single game. But yeah, their eleven was interesting. They also had a, a an alternative eleven, and I think. In, within those 22 players, we've, we've got everyone covered. I'm going to refer back to, to their 11 occasionally during the podcast too. So do you want to get started, Jamie, with our pick for the goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with the keeper. Um, I did see that this morning as well. I was doing the same as you, listening to that podcast and <laughs> comparing my selections with them. Uh, I don't think we were too far off and those guys watching a lot of Spanish football. So yeah, mm. probably on a good track. So um, yeah, for, for the keeper, we, we both had the same guy. And I don't think this comes as a shock to anyone, really, but oh. Alvaro Valles of Las Palmas. Um, I think this was a guy like two months into the season where you were thinking, I, am I allowed to say this guy's a, a top five goalkeeper in La Liga? And then as we got to mm. like November, December, it, it just became blindingly obvious that he's been the best goalkeeper in La Liga this season, both with his feet and with his hands. So, yeah, th this was a, a pretty easy selection. Yeah, Las Palmas are sitting 10th in the, in the league. They were obviously just promoted last season. And, and like that, we knew that they were going to play a certain way. We didn't know just how how much they were going to lean into that. and But they've completely leaned all the way into it. And most recently playing against, against Barcelona. And 
Barcelona were criticised for how they played. Las Palmas play with a really high line, and which means the ball over the top is always on, basically. But obviously, they trust um, Alvaro Vallez enough to, to to come out of his box, and he was really sharp in that sense. So the criticism of Barcelona, fair enough, the movement wasn't right. The, the balls over the top weren't always... The, the right ones but but at the same time Valles was off his line so quick and he's so composed even when the ball does come to me sometimes you see goalies going out and there's they're just all legs and arms swinging everywhere whereas Valles is quite composed he can he can actually pass out of those situations so yeah uh, he, his statistics speak for themselves I mean he has 1134 touches which is obviously the most by any goalkeeper in in Spain the second is uh Philippe, Philippe Jorgensen with 862 uh Baez has 660 successful passes Jorgensen has 495 who's second and you look at guys like Paulo Gasaniga who's asked to do a lot in go in goals for Girona and their build-up and he's way down 445 so it just speaks to how much they they rely on Alvaro Baez in every facet so from the goals prevented nine uh which is top in la liga top across europe's big five leagues but then the passing as well as that i think overall baez is has been it this is a, a no-brainer whatsoever yeah yeah best goalkeeper touch map in la liga as well for, for the amount of touches he's got 30 40 yards from his own goal so he's um He's basically been the superhero goalkeeper of La Liga this season. We both said close, close, well, closest behind him are probably Unai Simon and Alex Romero. But even then, Vias mm. has just had that unbelievable half season, which he, yeah, he just can't look past. And I was, yeah, the main question wasn't so much who is it; it's more who's even in the in the conversation with Baez who's second basically and obviously Courtois injured and then Kepa got injured who's and he hasn't played as much now with Lunin stepping in all black and Atletico given Simeone's evolution as, as and Atletico is a more possession based side they haven't it hasn't been the, the, the Jan Oblak of maybe four or five years ago and then obviously Ter Stegen injured as well so the main three who you would consider that might have put up a fight against Baez and they're all gone so yeah this is a no-brainer and yeah you, you can check out all these stats we're going to be posting them on our Twitter after this podcast and throughout the week and throughout the rest of the season and for the rest of the year but um you, you can check them out at theanalyst.com where where a lot of the stats that we're speaking about are and if they're not we'll post them on Twitter anyway so then on to right back a little bit of controversy here in well maybe not controversy but <laughs> your selection for it was the same one that the guys over at uh, La Pisada de Quintana picked who and it's Danny Carvajal the big reveal we don't have drum roll we don't have a producer yet but um one day we might and we'll go back and edit this and put a drum roll in for that uh so yeah Danny Carvajal would you pick him I just picked him because I thought he was the best all-round right back this season going forward and and defensively and just for the fact as well that you if you go back on twitter and search from like four or five years ago you can probably find tweets of people saying oh what a shame danny Cavajal's legs have gone uh, it's a shame he's, he's past his peak and, and and that's pretty much it for him like now he's probably playing 
the best I've, I've ever seen him at, at 31 after being written off so many times. Um, yeah, I just think as, as the all-round option, I, I just struggled to look past Carvajal for this one. Obviously, you, you're the uh, you've gone for the attacking variety, so yeah, uh, yeah, go. On. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is the one that I where I was kind of torn, and and it was one where I picked Jan Koto, and I wasn't sure whether that was con- consensus, and and I, I suppose uh, while you pick it based on what you've seen and what you think, but I was also kind of, am I completely off the mark here? But in fairness, the guys over at uh, <laughs> Quintana and the guys picked Jan Koto as well. So I, I felt, I didn't feel, I felt like, okay, I'm on the right path here. He has 10 char- carries with a chance created, leads all fullbacks in La Liga. And I think that in, in one way, obviously, yes, Carvajal was written off and mainly because of the injuries and it just felt like he couldn't get a run and, and, I don't know. Maybe maybe people just felt like this is a decline, and these are the declining years. And and but and it's a difficult one because I, I don't really know that you can have you can pick Carvajal without picking Valverde. And I know we're not getting into a systems thing, and it's impossible to separate these parts out. But the reason I pick Cotto is because he's still only twenty one. And again, this is back to what I was saying earlier. We're not going on potential or what he might be in the future. But he is only twenty one. And I think that within Girona's system, the centre backs are asked to do a specific thing with the goalkeeper and the build up. And the fullbacks not so much because Alex Garcia is there. And 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 in in a way, the two fullbacks have to differentiate themselves some way. Miguel Gutierrez does that on the left by being just some kind of a, a weird hybrid that we've kind of never really seen before. And then Jan Couto does that by by just being this bundle of energy who who can both play as a, as a, kind of like a winger. He's quick. He's 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 direct, but he also plays. Can play in midfield and and is 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 his movement is smart. Is he's technically good, and that's why I picked him. I just think that he, looking at the whole Girona, it's hard to separate the parts out because they're so well coached, and that speaks to Michelle as a manager and how well he's done. But I just think Jan Couto, when you watch Girona, he does so much for them in progressing the ball and and creating danger. When, when there's times when it, it feels like there's nothing on. Yeah, no, very, very valid point. I agree. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of these selections where, you know, I basically, yeah. you know, I was flipping a coin because I just couldn't decide. And yeah, yeah. is definitely up there. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't pick Valverde in my team, but it won't be the last time I mention him on this pod. So I will refer back to that later on. Yeah, and, and just because I picked Jan Couto doesn't mean I hate Danny Carvajal. And likewise, <laughs> just because that, Jamie picked Danny Carvajal doesn't mean he hates Jan Couto. But so on to our centre back pairing. We've got one player who will will cover now, Antonio Rudiger, who, given the absences for Real Madrid at Militao, Alaba hasn't been at his best. Uh, the left back uncertainty, the goalkeeper uncertainty. Rudiger just. A, a, a defensive there's a wall there for Real Madrid at the back he's been he really has been incredible and we both picked him can you expand on why you picked him yeah uh 
I thought he was quite clearly number one option at centre-back. It didn't take much thinking about um, for that spot. Um, after, after I have to admit, coming into this season, I, I probably wasn't the biggest Antonio Rudiger fan in the world. I thought he was obviously very, very blessed physically. He's unbelievably, unbelievably quick, um, brilliant in duels, but I felt like he lacked composure at times and he always sort of got tried to get involved in everything rather than playing with a, a little bit more pause and and judging situations better but this season he's just been he's just been all of that and like you said with the amount of disruption they've had in the team it changes center back partners uh, constantly he's um he's just been yeah the the top dog at center back and i think real madrid obviously have the best defensive record in the league as well and when they're playing high up the pitch, Rudiger is just an absolute guarantee against uh, opposition counters. If you can get past Valverde, as the guy who was often covering, then you've got to beat Rudiger, and there's there's not many teams that can do that. So, yeah, easy one. And then for me, I picked Igor, Igor Subaldia, and the reason I picked that is is kind of back to what I was saying about Las Palmas and the high line and and the, the high pressure, but then also having an an, an excellent an excellent defensive record. Uh, Lenormand, his 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 level has dropped a little bit as, as based on what we were kind of used to, but I just think Zubaldia has been so steady and so solid. And again, you're flipping a coin here. You could have picked uh, Herman Pesella. Um, there, there's a few more players who you could pick. D- Daily Blind, I was thinking about, but Girona's defensive record isn't probably what you want it to be. Uh, Ronald Araujo, although I don't, I'm not sure if Araujo's uh, protagonism, as they say in Spain, is based off a dysfunction within the team, or or whether it's it's he's obviously brilliant, but whether they they would probably prefer if he didn't have to be as active in progressing the ball as he has been. So yeah, I think I just think Zubaldia, uh, kind of a little a little tip of the cap to a player who has been gone under the radar for so long, but has also been on a, a part part the main part of an excellent defensive unit. Yeah, I think Zubaldia is a is a good um kind of marker of how closely you're following La Liga and Real Sociedad because if you watch from afar you just think that Normand mm. is is the superior player but I wouldn't know how how long to say it has been, but Zubeldi has been better than Lenormand for quite a, a long period now, I feel like. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, I went for another uh, player on a Basque team, which was Danny Vivian at Athletic. And this was kind of rooted in rewarding Athletic for their defensive record this season. I, I just felt like I wanted to give them some rep- representation on the defensive end. And I think Vivian has been uh, their best defender this season. Um, playing that high line, we all know how good their pressing has been this season. Um, and Vivian is just brilliant at mopping up behind when teams try to play over the top of the press. Um, he's got the most uh, possession recoveries per 90 in La Liga this season uh, among defenders. So he's just... Um, when Athletic go forward to press and he, he's on the halfway line, he's he's just super quick, uh, strong, holds up very well in those situations. And I think finally he's, he's on the way to becoming a really solidified top 10 centre-back in La Liga this season. 
and that also comes down to Ernesto Valverde and I guess putting Vivian in there is a little nod to Valverde and how good Athletic Club have been. They're, they're just they're just kind of manhandling teams at the moment. Yeah. Um, four last four games, four clean sheets. They've beaten Atletico Madrid, Las Palmas, who uh, who are who aren't easy to score against and who aren't easy to play against. They've beaten Atletico yeah. Madrid, they've beaten Las Palmas, they've beaten Sevilla, and they beat Ibar in the Copa by by three goals to nil. Four clean sheets. Um, they've scored eight goals in those four games, averaging two goals a game. And yeah, since since that loss to Real Sociedad back in November, oh sorry, it was back in. Apologize. It was Barcelona back in October. They haven't actually lost, and they are the informed team at the moment. I would say in Spain and I, Atletico Madrid need to be seriously looking over their shoulders here because Athletic Club looks so so good at the moment. They're both aesthetically they're enjoyable to watch, but they're uh, given the fact that everything just seems to fit. But the level of some of the players too just in- incredible so vivian definitely worthy of a, of a shout there uh left back another one who i think is if you're picking anyone other than miguel gutierrez you don't know <laughs> what you're talking about but um but yeah miguel gutierrez just incredible really and another player who was going under the radar there for the first maybe 10 games Against Real Madrid was when I really saw just how important he was and could be to to Chiron, and that was after maybe uh, maybe eight games or so, and I was like, this guy is doing something completely different, and he's he's just a magnificent footballer. Um, I I don't know, do Real Madrid have a buyback clause on him or because he is a player who a lot of very very good teams are going to be looking at next season. Yeah, I think they do. I'm sure I saw something in the fact that they might recoup him even if they don't plan to keep him just so they could sell him on but yeah i guess i guess we'll see at the end of the season um but yeah miguel i don't know about you but i i felt this was a position where uh oh, maybe besides from bellingham the, the gap from the the first choice to the second choice was probably the biggest um i had if i had to pick i'd probably say sergio cardona at last mm. palmas was was closest to him but then again that that wasn't a difficult decision um and he's, he's a difficult player to sum up with with the data itself is is gutierrez because he's not a fullback who's averaging an overwhelming amount of touches um there's guys like i munoz and oscar de marcos that average more than him but his very positioning and ability to play over the the pitch is just been a massive headache for for opposition teams this season. I feel like he's the one player between his role and his quality on the ball that he consistently figures as the dilemma for opposition coaches. I've heard numerous um, managers speaking after the games about how they had to get to grips with, with Miguel Gutierrez and a lot of them ended up failing in that pursuit. So, yeah, Miguel. Brilliant. Yeah, and... So yeah, there's there's four defenders with fifteen plus chances created from open play and fifteen successful take-ons in La Liga this season. Miguel Gutierrez, Joao Cancelo, Oscar Mingueza, and Jan Couto. And 
but but that doesn't even speak to uh, it doesn't really cover the, the entirety of what Miguel does because he he's just a he just solves so many problems for Sharona as they as they build up as they try to progress through the middle and even then as they try to create because he's just everywhere and there was a video the purist put up the other day about the way Girona play three number tens and they're just constantly dropping and it's it's basically impossible to 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 defend and mark and we saw that against Atletico Madrid where Raquel May, Coque, Rodrigo de Paul were, were didn't really know where to cover the space it's Savino out wide um, keeping it really wide and then Gutierrez popping up in those half spaces too and it's just so difficult to to defend against because Gutierrez then his decision making his technical ability all brilliant too so yeah moving on to midfield and we've got another Girona player I was actually thinking Girona are so underrated we don't add there's loads of Girona players in here what, what am I saying so Alex Garcia is another one that's pretty it's pretty unanimous Um, we're looking at alongside Jude Bellingham the probably the best player in La Liga this season really Barcelona have been linked with him he we weren't sure what was going to happen when Romeo left it was a big talking point that we covered a lot on the pod here during the summer Alex Garcia has done it and not only has he done it but he has actually improved Girona in the process by sitting deep and just doing everything from there yeah yeah just completely quarterback quarterback in the team uh, from that deep position um, long passes, short passes, switches of play, passes in the final third. He's basically top of everything. And he's also the only outfield player to have played every minute in La Liga this season, which tells you Michelli is not too keen on having him off the pitch for even a single second. So in the, well, probably the, the most well-oiled machine in La Liga, at least in an attacking sense, Garcia is basically the nucleus of the team. The guy who starts everything, the guy who puts the attacking players in the best positions to to do damage. Um, and yeah, I, I wrote that piece about him earlier in the season, saying he was basically the closest thing we've seen to Tony Cross in recent La Liga history for a player who is an efficient passer, but also combines that with with long distribution and switches a player that are more often not pinpoint. So yeah, we. We could probably pick a lot of Girona players for this team. We've we've got, I think, three or four each in both of our teams. But Alex Garcia had had to be the one if there was going to be a single one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I and I think that that is, as I said, it's unanimous. I I, I went with Tony Cruz again, showing that's it's basically like you said. It's they're so similar in how they play. Now in in real life, I don't think I'd be picking a team with Cruz and Alex Garcia in it. Although it might work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll get into that, but um, the yeah, it's Cruz. It played twelve hundred minutes, long passes per ninety nine point four, successful long pass per ninety seven point eight, and his accuracy is eighty three percent, which is higher than Alex Garcia, but slightly lower long passes. He is, as I said, nine point four, and Alex Garcia is ten point one. They're, they're they're really really similar. Um, um in how they play and Cruz we thought was again another player who was on the decline Real Madrid had bought all these midfielders that were going to replace him with Camavinga, Chomini um, players like that and Cruz just keeps on playing and he's just been incredible again this season and key to, to, to Real Madrid's continued success 
Yeah, he's, he's definitely, well, speaking as somebody who, who didn't pick Kroos for this team, he's definitely a victim of his just his own consistency over such a long mm-hmm. period that you kind of just take for granted that when Kroos is on the pitch, he's going to give you precisely what he's given and we did for the last decade, which is just unbelievable efficiency. Um, yeah, just, just controlling the game, dropping dropping deep, taking responsibility off the centre-backs. Centre um, yeah, just, just an unbelievable player. And if there's a difference. If I had to pick a team to win me a game in La Liga tomorrow, I would pick Tony Kroos 10 times out of 10. But for for my best 11, I just, yeah, I, I, was, I was torn in midfield and I just wanted to reward uh, somebody a little lower down the league. And that was uh, Kirian Rodriguez who I've been watching for a long time uh, in, in Segunda as he came up uh, and when he got into Las Palmas' first team, um, not too long ago, really. And his his level in terms of moving up a division into the top flight is just, uh, is just astounding. I just think between the responsibility that he has on the pitch, the personality he plays with, the quality... Um, He's just been, he's just been amazing in upholding a way of playing that has put Las Palmas in a really good position to stay up this season. Um, and yeah, I did put Zuby Mendy in. I was initially. going to say, Jamie, tell the truth <laughs> now. You, you, you're tell the truth. You had Zuby Mendy in until the eleventh <laughs> hour, and I and I got a message, Robbie. I can't do this. I'm after losing <laughs> sleep. I can't even eat a slice of toast in the morning. I'm sick to my stomach. <laughs> The thoughts of putting Kirian in, or sorry, putting someone else in instead of Kirian, and yeah. you, you put him in, just put him in there in the middle and, and let him do his thing. So yeah, that's uh, again just incredible. Given Las Palmas are only promoted, and what I really love about Las Palmas is you would you would think that all these teams come in and and not all these teams, but teams like Las Palmas who have a specific style of play, they come in and it gets kind of watered down. Las Palmas, when they're faced with any kind of pressure, they're even more, they double down on, on what they're trying to do. And Kirian is just a, a, a beacon for that calmness and, and for that control that, that Las Palmas tried to deploy. And he's just been excellent all season and a joy to watch. And yeah, even given his story, coming coming back from, from cancer and, and I mean, it's just it's just inspiring and yeah we're just glad that he's back because it's it's a joy to watch him play so yeah we'll we'll jump into the attacking midfields now so what we've done is we've gone four two three one and we'll do that do our attacking three at the moment two of them are the same and we can cover them um pretty quickly antonio and uh, antoine griezmann and jude bellingham pretty much no-brainers really Griezmann has kind of cooled off in recent weeks but still key to everything Atletico Madrid are doing and Jude Bellingham just I mean he's 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 the king of Madrid he's a he's a king of La Liga at the moment <laughs> yeah it's obviously Bellingham is the the super obvious one Griezmann a little less obvious I think he probably could have argued somebody different but yeah Bellingham was the one um the thing I like most about these two is they are the two players who contribute most heavily in terms of goal scoring while having a pretty low percentage of their touches actually occurring in the opposition box. So both Bellingham and Griezmann only have 7% of their touches coming in the opposition box, which is uh, 
um, the the lowest for 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 any of the players who've uh, contributed five goals or more this season. So they are kind of probably t- two of the most positionless players in La Liga. You wouldn't call Griezmann a number nine. You wouldn't call him a midfielder. I, I've got him slightly to the right in this team, but he, he can basically play anywhere in the opposition half and obviously also commits um, a lot defensively, which is another thing which goes in uh, in Bellingham's favour as well, that these, these two both contribute a huge amount in attack and they, are, they run like they're not superstars, which is why they have to be in your team. And if you're trying to make a team with balance as well, then of course these two have to be in because what they give you in in every phase of the game is um, yeah on a different level to anybody else in La Liga. And I was watching the reason why Griezmann isn't so isn't wasn't a lock or he he, he we both picked him, but there is you could argue maybe that he there is someone else there that that could take his place, but. And and the reason we'll cover this in 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 the coming weeks, but the reason for that I think is more so down to Atletico's confusion, and I know that Girona confused a lot of teams, but I was looking at Atletico against D- D- Girona, and the midfield was just overrun for the reasons why I lined out outlined earlier, but also Koke at the base of midfield doesn't just looks tired. Rodrigo de Paul then to the left of him, and Raquel May was to the right of him. Marco Sorrente was playing at right back, and I, I just, I, I just don't think that the supply was there, um, and it, that's more down to obviously Simeone changed at half time, bringing on Molina and and switching things up, but yeah, I just think Atletico Madrid are going through a difficult moment, but that's not really down to Griezmann. Uh, if anything, he's he's papered over a lot of those cracks for the first half of the season and then yeah Bellingham just just like you said he doesn't touch the ball as, as often as a lot of the players would uh, he doesn't even take penalties like with, with with a lot fewer goals but he just does everything and and he's just there's a there's a there's an aura about him that is very intangible but he's just he does everything to the highest of levels so yeah no-brainer and then the other player on this we could we didn't go with another Girona player, Savino, which a lot of people have. We went for Williams, two Williamses, but you went for the younger Nico, and I went for Inyaki. Can you explain <laughs> why you picked Nico? Yeah, I like how this turned out that we both picked one of the brothers each. Um, f- for Nico, I went for. I looked at the numbers for um, goals and assists by the wingers that I liked for this position, which were the two Williams brothers, Kubo and Savio. And they, they were pretty pretty similar if you do it on a on a per 90 basis, which obviously if you look at the the totals, then Inyaki is the top dog. Um, and again, I, I could have picked either or. I, I didn't want to pick both because it just, it just felt like a bit much. But... I think what swung it for Nico for me was the fact that he's he's a, a real self-sufficient player. You can basically pass the ball out to him on the wing and he makes things happen, dribbles, crossing. Whereas um, Inyaki is a guy that you have to try and connect with, uh, you know, 
running beyond defenses a bit more. Um, and I, I just like th- this goes for both of their uh, cases, but I think they've both been brilliant this season out of possession. You remember that game away to Girona when they set up not to not to really press from the moment the ball was in play, but they kind of set off and then they wait for their moments. I think the the two of them are just incredibly good as um, out position wingers uh, and getting better all the time. So yeah, I, I think I, I just prefer Nico, but Inyaki certainly deserves a spot as well. Yeah, and I think that the reason I went for Inyaki was because he's scored eight goals and it's something that he's often criticised for is not taking chances and it's a reason probably why Athletic Club haven't fulfilled their potential in other in other seasons and it's why it's now why they look like they are a team that's going to challenge for a top four place. He's got eight goals and three assists, so that's eleven and and he's going to smash his his. Well, his record in the last four seasons definitely is that was 13 goals and assists in, in 38 games was the highest, which he did last year and the year before that. But 17 was the highest he got back in 2018 19 in his entire career. It's 13 goals and four assists. Unless something happens where he just completely cools off or gets injured, which he doesn't do. And it looks like he's going to break his record for in a career. Um, now, obviously, he's missing for the, the African Cup of Nations, but it, yeah, I just think, like you said, like Nico adds more in more settled possession, trying to destabilize defenses, but Inyaki on, on, on that right hand side, counter attacking, he's just been ferocious. And again, uh, they're out of possession, just, just ridiculous too. And this is down to Ernesto Valverde's tactics his system he has atletico club playing really well and yeah just a nod to Yaki williams for being brilliant and then up front we both had two different players although i easily could have picked your player who you went with artem dobbik yeah um i it's just pretty it's pretty remarkable how quickly both him and sigankov both settled into playing spain coming across from ukraine where I remember reading that you know none of them spoke a word of was Spanish. Of course, that they, they just they'd fled Ukraine like during the war. It's obviously a very unsettled time to come to La Liga and just kind of fit in so well. When w- w- the conversation we constantly hear is a team doesn't have, if only they had a twenty-plus you know goal scorer per season, everything would be fine. And the fact is, not many of them exist, but. Dovbik has has fulfilled a role where he's he's pretty much on track to do that. And the thing I like most about him is the fact that he, while there's all this unbelievable football going on around him, he's he's not really concerned about getting involved. He's happy to just occupy a centre backs to be, be to to be in the positions at the right time in the box. He's is you know similar to Haaland in that respect where. He's not bothered about having 40 touches per game. If he has 10 touches and scores twice, then he's perfectly fine with that. So, yeah. Um, and I think there's a thing with uh, Dovbik as well that his goal celebrations are so understated and he basically just stands still and walks back to the halfway line that I'm convinced that he, if he had a signature celebration and he was doing all these theatrics after he scores that people would look at him a bit differently. But... He's just kind of this, you know, cold-blooded killer who just does his job and gets on with it. So, 
Yeah. That's what that's what they said in the in the Quintana video. They were saying that Dubbic probably lacks a little bit of marketing and that's why he's been underrated. And and you're right, he kinda he took his shirt. I know it's such a stupid thing, but he took his shirt into his 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 shorts, and he just he looks like a guy who should be playing centre back, a pure no nonsense centre back. But he's up front, just smashing lads and burying goals, and technically good too. Like you have the 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 stats here in terms of touches in the penalty box. So uh, he has eleven goals. He has three hundred fifteen touches in total, and ninety nine of those are in the opposition box. So. 31% of his touches are coming in the opposition box, but it doesn't ever feel like he's just a pure penalty box striker either because he does, he is more than happy to come back and get involved in, in play when necessary. But Girona don't really need him to be that guy, they need him to be a release valve, which he absolutely is. And when you have them again going back to the Atletico game, which is the one I watched most recently, you have the, the tens dropping off, and Witzel, for example he was just forced to drop out because there was so many there was too many players for the midfield to to, to mark and he had to drop out and all of a sudden Dobbick is left one on one with someone or or it's three on three with Savio up on the right and it was I'm not sure who was on the sorry Calcio, Savio on the left and yeah oh, I can't remember Valerie Valerie Oh, it was. That's right. Yeah, in the first half, he's yeah, and you're left with three on three. Dobbick is up there, and he's just and yeah, he's he's just. There was one stage where he lost the ball, and he he got a bit angry, and he manhandled Rodrigo de Paul. I don't know if you saw that. He just threw him to the ground, kind of flipped him over like a like a suplex in wrestling or something. Um, and yeah, he's just hungry. And like you said, it's it's how quickly he came in and adapted to the league, um. It's, it's, it really is remarkable and like it's kind of become a cliche that oh he's Haaland the next Haaland or something like that but he does have so many similarities to Haaland a big big um almost robotic frame and yeah just scores goals for fun um yeah I picked Alvaro Morata and I could have gone with Dobbic I love Dobbic but I went with Morata based on the fact that again Atletico Madrid have been struggling in recent weeks but and Morata, Morata's marketing is fine. He he gets plenty of it, but at the same time, it's probably not the right marketing in that. And he's kind of a he's he's sometimes um, not given the credit he deserves at times for for how much pressure he puts on opposing defenses. We saw against Girona, he scored that hat trick, and then he also. Um, he has 12 goals. His highest total ever was 15 in 2016-17 with Real Madrid in in a league season. And I just think that he he has twelve this season. He's going to break his record of fifteen, unless barring some something catastrophic happening. And I just think that he he's a constant menace for defenses. He and I, I was also torn between Borja Mayoral, who's also having a career year. <laughs> he's been excellent for Getafe, and yeah. But I just went with Morata, given the fact that he has been. He has been overlooked at times, and I think credit where it's due when he finally does start actually hitting the back of the net. Yeah, I think Morata and Griezmann, are, they've been really good this season, and those two are kind of up top thinking, all right, once once we get everything coordinated behind us, then we'll be ready to try and lead. A, I mean, it's probably God now, but if, if everything was in working order behind them and they'd, they'd you know had things figured out, then those two would have been 
ready to try and lead Atletico to a title charge. Obviously, that's that's faded now, but yeah, those, those two are their real guarantees at the top end for Atletico this season. And you just wonder next season what, what will happen with Samuel Omorodi and will he come back to Atletico to try and be a starter or will is, is Morata still going to be, you know, the guy they trust in for, for, for coming years? Yeah, Omarodian has been excellent himself for Alaves this season. And another player kind of in the mould of, of a Dobbic, uh, big and no-nonsense. But he, yeah, there's a lot of players that we left out there. I, I mean, one player who's just, we spoke about him before in the pod about being the most underrated of all the underrated players, Ivan Martin. And he's added another string to his bow now in that Yangel Herrera is out and he... He, Ivan Martinez kind of dropped slightly deeper and he's playing in a different role now and has been absolutely excellent. Scored that winner against Atletico. Where did he come out of? He's 24. He's just excellent. Just so, so good and so hardworking. And they're so, Girona in general are so diligent in, in their defensive duties that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really my, uh, wonderful to watch. Oyen Sanset, another player who is just keeps on growing every single game you watch him. L- lovely um, uh, footballer to watch, and and does really string a lot of a lot of the athletic clubs moves together. Isco, who was the MVP of the league for a long spell, but Betis have kind of fallen off slightly now, and it's interesting to see now where what they do with Fakir coming back, and their strikers not really really um, convincing. Diao on the right, Rodri two playing. Yeah, I I don't know what what you think about that, but I was thinking about maybe playing Diao as a striker. Would that work, or am I just being that ridiculous? They they used him as a striker against uh, Alaves in Copa del Rey last last week, I think. So yes, it it must be something they they're considering because the the Borja Iglesias and William Jose stuff is is really weird. It doesn't seem like. Pellegrini is no. particularly enamoured with either, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know how that gets fixed. And yeah, that that was why that was a big part of why Isco didn't make it really for me because I think Bet the just the general underwhelming performances from Betis. Uh, they're not a bad team by any means. I think they're pretty reliable in terms of being in games and in position to take results, but they just they never seem to get over the line. And yeah, for for Isco. You looked at obviously his his biggest asset is his creation and his expected assist numbers are pretty much on a par with guys like Kubo and in- Inaki Williams who were obviously big goal threats as well and probably better defensively I'd say as well so yeah I, I didn't I-, I just never really felt convinced enough to pick Isco for this one um, but I was going to ask you um, f- from your eleven who was the player that you found hardest to leave out of your team if, if you could nail one? Honestly, I would say there was there was a few of the Girona players and I just didn't really know whether they deserved it. I, I would say I could have easily just picked Dobbic. I think I, I, it was probably Dobbic, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was Dobbic. Um uh yeah <laughs> what about you <laughs> yeah I, the midfield was the area that gave me 
biggest problems because there's, there's a maximum of three players you can pick really and two of those are absolute locks in Bellingham and Alex Garcia so yeah there were just there were so many midfielders um Pepe Lu uh Zubi Marino yeah Marino um I think the guy who I feel bad that I never really gave any sort of chance even though he's been incredible is, is Fede Valverde because he's played such an understated role this season compared to what it was last year where he was getting involved with goals and, and Ancelotti challenged him to contribute more goals. But this season he's been used as um, somebody who was there to really maintain Real Madrid's equilibrium and allow Carvajal to play further forward, like we said earlier. Um, he's been just outstanding, I think, in terms of making Real Madrid the the most balanced team in La Liga. Obviously, Girona have the attacking firepower that nobody can really stop, but Real Madrid are the, the best team in terms of overall balance between attack and defence. And I just think playing in a deeper role, having not long ago played in pretty much a right wing role, to drop back and play as well as he has, is just, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel terrible for, for completely ignoring him. No, I think you are right. And in terms of Real Madrid's continuity and their consistency, and a lot of that has, and and Carvajal being allowed to be probably the best version of himself we've seen. And a lot of that comes down to Valverde and the the injuries to Camavinga, Chomani, no striker, no Vinicius, Rodrigo struggling at at the start, not really. I, I think Freddy Valverde, and this is the kind of player who, gets looked overlooked in these kind of t- um best 11s he knits every he just keeps keeps Real Madrid uh taking over and I just think he has been excellent and he yeah an- another player is just a phenomenon really and probably is again but like Cruz a uh, victim of his own consistency and, and and excellence that you you almost just take it for granted now what he does when you when you sit down and actually watch him like with new eyes you're like this this guy is, is absolutely incredible yeah yeah i mean these types of things like you said will always favor the guys who bring the numbers in terms of goals and assists especially once you get beyond the deeper midfielders that we both picked you know alex garcia cross kirian once you're ahead of that you're always going to favor goals assists you know the, the eye-catching numbers whereas Valverde has intentionally been taken out of that this season because Ancelotti wanted to use him as a more, uh, not, not a protector, but somebody who is more focused on preserving balance of the team rather than getting involved himself. So, yeah, if like I said, if I was to pick a, a team to win a game in La Liga tomorrow, guys like Valverde would be in it. But for this one, we kind of have to focus on the, you know, I would just say, yeah, the, the sexier names in terms of yeah, producing yeah. goals and assists and deciding games. So yeah, yeah. standout guys. Yeah, and 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 it, I guess that's the whole thing that we're football is so hard to 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 separate out because the player it's it's, it's constant eleven on the field. You look at American football or baseball or whatever and it's like it's so much easier to say okay this guy's on offense now and he's doing this grand and then he's on defense doing this. Whereas yeah. the likes of Alberta is 
is such a total terreno player that it's, it's hard to 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 find stats that perfectly sum up exactly what he does but then yeah then that's why why you need both stats and the eye test i guess but yeah this has been fun jamie we're going to post this all on our 11s on twitter and we'd love to hear your feedback where where we got it wrong where we got it right any other points that we made that you disagree with or agree with and yeah we'll do this again at the end of the season and we'll see how much has changed we'll be able to refer back to this and and uh yeah see who's, who's ready for the next 18 games to 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 stand out and and break into our top 11s yeah perfect sounds good all right from myself and jamie here at la posa pod hq it is adios